Just a few things before we uh, get to our message this evening, if you would please. We have our Sword of the Lord newspapers down here, free of charge to anybody who would like to have them. So after service, you're more than welcome to come down here and grab one of these newspapers, but also grab one of these envelopes. These make for a great gift. It's $20 a year. You get a subscription of Sword of the Lord to your place or to whoever it is that you're gifting it to. And there's plenty of good articles in there, uh, lots of uh, sermons as well from preachers of the past. And if you are into listening to podcasts, you'll also be interested to know that there is a Preach the Bible Classics podcast out there. You can find it wherever you, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, Preach the Bible Classics, and uh, you'll, you'll hear from preachers such as Wally Davis, Lester Roloff, John R. Rice, Curtis Hudson, Harold Seitler, and many, many others. And uh, I hope that that will bless your heart. We have our 58th anniversary coming up, and that'll be um, celebrated on October 31st. And, and up until then, if you have something to say about Central Baptist Church, maybe it's a memory, maybe it's a commendation, maybe it's a congratulations, you can send them to me, you can send them to pastor, you can email them to the church, you can write them down and hand them in. We'll compile all of those together and present them to everybody on our uh, 58th anniversary celebration, which is on October 31st. I've already received a few, and we're starting that compilation right now. We have the stewardship forms available to you as well. And uh, as we continue in our missions month, we want to increase our giving as the Lord would provide, and the Lord would lead you personally to increase your giving or to start giving. Uh, that is between you and the Lord. But we have the forms available so we can have a, uh, a good count of how much we're expecting in. As we uh, continue to think about Missions Month, I want to continue our time about hearing about missionaries, whether it's a missionary of the past, like we heard this morning with Henry Knott, or it's a missionary letter. And this evening, I'd like to share with you a missionary letter that we've received uh, for the month of September 2021 from Russ and Sylvia Daniels. They are missionaries to Uganda. And he says this, the Ugandan government has now begun easing the COVID lockdown restrictions and is allowing churches to hold services again. Amen. Um, you know, we have a lot of thoughts about closing churches down due to COVID, but I'm, I'm thankful to hear that the Ugandan government has now started to ease those restrictions. He said they're discipling and training believers and church leaders He's training church leaders and trying to help one of them start a new church in their home village. Gideon and members of seven families in the village of Ber uh, Bernigo have been walking six miles to attend their Baptist church. Six miles to attend. Sometimes it's difficult for us to get out of bed on a Sunday morning and go to our own church in our own car, but these people are going six miles walking distance to their church. So pray that their, church, their new church in their home village will get started. Pray for uh, Dr. Bruce Snavely and Dr. Larry Bazer with Global Baptist Training Foundation as they travel to Uganda in October to train a group of Baptist church planters at our facilities. Continue to pray for Sylvia's health. She is seeing good results with her current treatment and has also started seeing an additional internal specialist. And then finally, Russ has completed the last course required for his Master's of Arts in Church Ministry degree through Baptist Bible College and Graduate School's online program. So this, by getting this degree, um, it's very important for the future of their ministry in Uganda as they upgrade their Bible Institute program to a small-scale Bible college. 
And so God is certainly blessing them there in Uganda. Obviously, there are challenges there with uh, starting new churches and the government. So let's continue to pray for Russ and Sylvia Daniels to Uganda. And as we move forward with our missions month, we are going to have another speaker this evening, one of our own missionaries. This morning you heard from Brother Gabe, missionary. Uh, he is for Jude 22 missions. And this evening we're going to hear from Brother Ed, and his uh, ministry is Up Ministries with prisoners, but then also with discipleship uh, through the Ambassador Discipleship Program. Brother Ed, let's uh, hear what you have to say tonight. Thank you, sir. Well, good evening. I uh, appreciate everybody coming out tonight and uh, welcome you. Um, if you would turn with me, if you would, to Jonah chapter 3, please. And while you're turning there, I just say that uh, this morning I was truly blessed and encouraged and challenged uh, by Tyler and, uh, and Gabe. And uh, I hope you were as well. And I pray that the God has something for you tonight as well. So with the emphasis this month being on missions, as we've heard numerous times, uh, I think it's fitting to ask a question. If God called you to a foreign mission field, whether someone here in the auditorium or someone watching on YouTube, and we welcome you, um, if someone, if God called you to a foreign mission field, how would you react? Would you be like Isaiah and say, here am I, Lord, send me? Or maybe would you be a little more reluctant? Okay? And I think if we're realistic, it probably would depend on where God called us. Okay? So let me just add a little twist to that. And let me just ask you this. Suppose God called you to go to someone that, you, that is a known enemy of our country, for example, and they're known for brutality, they're known for cruelty. Let's say, like, for example, the Taliban. Suppose God called you, Tyler, and said, I want you to go to Afghanistan and preach to the Taliban, right? Now, we might be a little bit more reluctant to do that, wouldn't we? But how about if God called you to go to that neighbor down the road that maybe is not so easy to get along with that you kind of avoid? Or maybe that coworker that you know he doesn't like you and you don't particularly care for him, but God wants you to share the gospel with him. Or maybe a classmate or, or someone in your family. You know, tonight the title of my message is A Reluctant Missionary. And it's easy for us if we're not careful to all be reluctant missionaries, right? And we don't want to be reluctant missionaries. And so tonight as we look at Jonah, I know it's a very familiar uh, story, and you've heard it since you were knee-high coming up in, in Sunday school, and you probably heard everything that can be said about Jonah and every sermon that can be preached on Jonah. But tonight I just want to share with you, and I pray that God will bless you. I pray that God will speak to you. So we're going to start with Jonah chapter 3 and just read through chapter 3, and then we'll go back and look at some other stuff. But first of all, uh, in Jonah chapter 3, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach, into the pre and preach into it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began, to, Noah, Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days... And Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed the fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least. For the word of God word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and he covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh. 
by decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let, <clears throat> but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way and repented of the evil that he said he would do unto them, and he did it not. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we just uh, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to gather here tonight, Lord, and to look into your word, Father. And Lord, I know you have a message for uh, everyone here tonight and everyone watching on YouTube, Father. And I pray, Father, that you would just prepare hearts, Lord, and speak to hearts as only you can do, Father. And, Lord, I have nothing to offer anyone, Father. It's only through you, Father. So I ask, Lord, that you just, just get me out of the way, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would just fill me with your spirit and speak through me, Lord, the words that you want to proclaim, Father. And I pray, Father, you'll be exalted and glorified in everything that is said, everything that is done, Father. I pray, Lord, that the ears will be opened of your people, Lord, and you will speak to them. And, Father, guide them and encourage them and challenge them, Father, and let them know what you need them to know, Father. And we just give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. So here we read about Jonah going into Nineveh. But let's back up here into verse, in chapter 1. And I would just want to bring out a few quick points if, you, if, if I could. Uh, first of all, let's read uh, verse 1 of chapter 1 and the first part of, of uh, verse 2. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go. And let's just stop there. Okay. And God has told Nineveh to arise and go. And so the first thing that I want to point out is that God separates whom he will. Okay? God separates whom he will. And what I mean by that, it is up to God, it's up to God to decide who he will use and, and who he will not use. Okay? And obviously he wants to use everyone. But, you know, God has the right to direct our lives in every area. You know, when we walk down through this hall of missionaries here and we look at the faces of those missionaries, there was a point in time in their life where God tapped them on the shoulder and said, I'm placing my call on your life. I want you to serve me with your life. Okay? And there was a time when God called the pastor and, and the pastor here and Gabe and God, and you know, God called Jonah, God called Jonah as well. And he has the right to do that. And the reason he has the right to do that, the reason he has the right to call us and to direct our lives, there's three very simple reasons, there's many reasons, but three very simple reasons is the fact that, first of all, he created us, right? God created us. If he created us, he has the right to do whatever he will with us, okay? Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on jo uh, Jonathan here. Jonathan's an engineer, very smart guy. And let's just say Jonathan had this task that he had to complete kind of all, you know, an ongoing, ongoing occurrence, and he just got tired of doing it. And he said, you know, I know there's got to be a smarter and a better way to do this. And so he sits down and he designs this uh, mechanical mechanism that will do this task for him so he doesn't have to do it anymore. And so he sits down and he, he designs it and he puts it together and he tries it out and it works. Okay? Now that's John, Jonathan's creation, right? Now, since Jonathan created that machine, that that Whatever it is, he has the right to do with it whatever he wants to, right? Now, he can say, I'll just keep it and use it myself, right? Or he can say, you know what, I think I can make some money off of this. 
And so he goes and he presents it to some people and they, you know, they buy the patent and he gets a patent and, and he has it manufactured and he sells millions all over the world and he gets rich. Or he could just say, you know what, heck with it, and he could just destroy it because it's Jonathan's creation. He has the right to do with it whatever he wants to. We are God's creation, and so God has the right to do with us whatever he will, doesn't he? If he wants us to go and, and serve in this land, then we need to go and serve in that land. If he wants us to pastor a church in Woodbridge, Virginia, we need to pastor a church in Woodbridge, Virginia. If he wants us to start a, ch a church in the hills of Kentucky, we need to go start a church in the hills of Kentucky. Because God has the right to, to separate who he will anytime he wants. Okay? Let's continue on. <clears throat> continue in verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So not only does God have the right to separate who he, will, who he wills, who he chooses, but he also has the right to sin where he wants. Okay? You notice that you know, not, Jonah was a prophet. Obviously, you go back into 2 Kings chapter 14, we read that, that Jonah was a prophet. And so God had, had already separated Jonah, and he tells Jonah to go to Nineveh. You notice that, you know, he didn't come up to Jonah and he said, you know, Jonah, uh, I really, I would like for you to go and, and to preach. Uh, would you mind doing that? You, you know, you okay with that? You, and he didn't go up to Jonah and say, Jonah, you know, I need somebody to go and preach to the Ninevites. You know, would you mind doing that? He didn't ask Jonah if he wanted to go or he didn't ask Jonah where he wanted to go. He just told Jonah to go and he told him where to go, right? So... The re now, now, Jonah was kind of hesitant. I, I mentioned that Jonah was a reluctant missionary, right? So he was, God told him to go to the Ninevites. Now, when, back in about 89 or 90, I was in San Bernardino, California, and I had an opportunity to um, start to have a discussion with this man. And as we were talking, the man was very friendly, very warm, very cordial, very easy to talk to. And we stood there talking 10 or 15 minutes. But, you know, I knew that that man was not an American, okay? I could tell by the way he, he talked. I could tell by, by looking at him he was not an American. And so, you know, I said, where are you from? And he said, uh, I'm from Nineveh. He said, you know where Nineveh is? He said, are you familiar with Nineveh? And I said, Jonah. And he said, yeah, you know Jonah? And so we had a, had us a good old time there. But, you know, this man was very, very warm, very cordial, very friendly. But the people in Jonah's day in Nineveh were anything but. You know, they were very barbaric, very brutal, very cruel. They, they were very well known for their cruelty. In fact, the Assyrian art and Assyrian records had records of, you know, where they would invade cities and they would impale their victims, they would behead victims, they would pull the skin off of them. I mean, they just do very brutal and cruel acts. And they were longtime enemies of Israel. So they weren't going to be real friendly uh, to it. To, I mean, they weren't, hadn't been real friendly to Israel as well. And, but Jonah knew that they were very barbaric people. He knew, he knew what they were capable of. In fact, they were so bar barbaric and so cruel that when they would invade a city, people were known to, uh, to commit suicide rather than to be taken hostage, to be taken captive by them. That's how barbaric they were. And Jonah knew that they were barbaric. He knew that they were cruel. And he knew that God had, had plans to judge them. But he also knew God was merciful. 
and God was gracious. And he knew that if he went into, John, into Nineveh and he preached repentance to the Ninevites, there was a chance that they would repent. And if they repent, he knew that God would show them mercy. He knew that God would show them grace. And so he didn't want that to happen. So what did Jonah do? Look at verse 3. But Jonah rose up. Amen. All right. So far, so good, right? God told Jonah to get up and to go to rise and go to Nineveh. And Jonah rose up. So far, we're good, right? I think about Abraham. Remember when God told Abraham, he said, take thy son, the only son Isaac, and go up and offer him for a sacrifice. And the Bible says that Abraham rose early the next morning and he got his servants and he went. So, so far, we're good. Jonah rose up, but look at this, to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid fare there, thereof, and he went down into it to go into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, isn't that, isn't that foolish? Jonah thinks he can flee from the presence of the Lord. Amen? But, you know, Jonah caught that ship to Tarshish. And, you know, we're kind of rough on old Jonah about catching that ship to Tarshish, aren't we? You know? We're kind of rough on old Jonah. But you know what? We've all caught a ship to Tarshish at one time or another, haven't we? Haven't we? You know, I caught a ship to Tarshish just a couple of weeks ago. I had to, I was at, at Lowe's. <laughs> I, I, had, uh, I had this little project I was doing at home, you know. Uh, it was just basically, I had, you know, the little vent where the air conditioner stuff blows out. I had to replace that. And so I went to Lowe's and I bought one. And I came home and I went to put it on and it was the wrong size. And so I went back up there and I said, well, I'm just going to get a refund. I got a refund and I decided to go look. I went and looked and I looked all over, you know, and they had every size except the one I needed, typical, right? And so they had all these sizes. None of them were, were the one I needed. So I went back home. And I told Cheryl, I said, well, you know, they didn't have the size we need. I'll just order one online. And she said, well, you know, baby, I'd really like to get that taken care of today. So I said, okay, all right. So I'll go to check out, uh, what's the other one? Home Depot. So I got in my car. I drove over to Home Depot. I go into Home Depot. I see Daquan in there. And I go back and I look, you know, where they have the little, whatever you call those things, and heat exchange or whatever it is, and I'm looking, I'm looking, and looking, you know, and they got every size except mine. I go around to the other side, go around this side, I'm looking up on, the, I'm looking everywhere. They don't have my size. So then I go back, and I said, well, let me just check Lowe's again. Maybe I overlooked it. I went back to Lowe's again. And when I parked at Lowe's, I parked out kind of away from everybody. And if you've ever been to Lowe's, you know, you come out the front door, and they got the parking lot, and then they got a bus station. And so as I'm walking out, and I'm walking to the bus station, Okay, I see two people at the bus station. And now everywhere I go, I carry my New Testament with me and I carry gospel tracts with me. And so I'm walking towards my car and I wanted to go home. I mean, I made two trips to Lowe's and a trip to Home Depot and I, had to, I was going to stop by Aces and see if they had it. And I just wanted to go. And so as I'm walking out to my car, and I see, I mean, yeah, my car, I see those two people sitting over at the bus stop. And I knew the Lord wanted me to go over there and give those people a track. I knew he did. So what do I do? I get in my car and I start heading to Tarshish, right? I'm going home. Don't ask me why. I'm not going to try to make excuses for it. I just said I'm, I, I just wasn't going to do it. I mean, I, it wasn't that I said, Lord, I'm not going to do it. I just didn't do it, okay? So I get in my car and I start driving home, right? Now, what happened to Jonah when he got on that boat? What happened to Jonah? Verse 4, verse, yeah, verse four says, 
the Lord sent a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken up. So when Jonah got on that ship, and he was trying to flee from the Lord, the Lord chased him. The Lord went after him. He sent a storm. And that's the same thing that happened to me that day. I got in my car, and I started driving away, and I just had a storm. A storm. It wasn't a storm, the wind blowing and everything, but it was a storm in my soul. And I just felt God's conviction. I just got, I got so convicted I had to turn around and go back, Gabe. I got, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but I got so convicted I had to turn around and go back. And I drove up right behind the bus station. I pulled in. And, and you know, I pass out, we pass out tracks everywhere we go, don't we, baby? And, and I don't know why I didn't do it, but I went and I pulled up and I got out of my car, turned my car off, put it in park, got out, walked around, and I, this is what I said. I said, because they, they saw me leaving because I was parked right there by the bus station. I said, I started to leave. I said, but the Lord convicted me so bad, I had to turn around and come back. And they're looking at me, you know. And I said, he wanted me to give you one of these, and I gave them both a track. Okay. The Lord, you know, I've, I've caught, caught that, that ship to Tarshish. And, you know, I think if you're honest with yourself, we've all done that. Maybe in a grocery line somewhere and there's a people around, and the Lord wants you to talk to somebody in front of you, behind you, the cashier or whatever. You know, and maybe you're a little hesitant to do it, you know, or in some public place, and you're a little hesitant to do it. And so we catch that ship to Tarsus. So, you know, we can't be too hard on Jonah. But Jonah ran, and God chased him. And then in verse 17, we read that the Lord had prepared, well, well you know the story. Okay, I won't go into a lot of detail, but, you know, the, the, the captain of the ship says, you know, why, why is this storm coming? And they, you know, start investigating. They, they go wake up Jonah, and Jonah says, I'm a Hebrew you know, I'm the, I've, you know, I fear the Lord, and so, you know, they were going to throw him overboard. He said, throw me overboard, and they tried to get, escape the ship, and they finally did throw him overboard. And then in verse 17, it says, The Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So now the Lord has got Jonah's attention. And in verse chapter 2, we won't read it, but in chapter 2, we read about Jonah's prayer meeting, right? So Jonah's in the belly of this fish, and God's got his attention, and he has him a prayer meeting. And in verse 10 of chapter 2, it says, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited up Jonah upon the dry land. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine, Tony, you're out here fishing, and all of a sudden this big fish jumps up and spits some guy out? You know, I can't imagine what, what that was like. But then Jonah, listen, God came to him again in verse chapter 3 and says, The word of the Lord came unto Jonah. The second time, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. And Jonah arose and went, of course. And so Jonah, this time, Jonah went, and he preached repentance to the people. And in verse 10 we read, And God saw that they, obviously, as we read earlier, they had their, their repentance. God saw their works, that they repented, that, that they turned from the evil way, and God repented of the evil that he said he would do unto them, and he did it not. You know, I thank God that we have a merciful God. And I thank God that he can, he can show mercy and grace to anyone. Amen. You know, God can move on any heart, and he can bring any heart to repentance. And, you know, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in sharing with people. You know, I, I was very insensitive that day. I was, I was determined, you know, I had things that I wanted to do, and I had places that I wanted to go, and I wasn't sensitive to the Lord. You know, normally I would have gone over and shared with those people. But, you know, I made, because I'd made a couple of trips to Lowe's on a trip to Home Depot, 
I felt that, you know, I, just, I deserved to just go on home. And that was wrong of me. And I had to repent of that. And, you know, thankfully, God is a merciful God. And so when we do something like that and we repent, he forgives us. Amen. So in conclusion, and, and the fourth, third thing I want to say is that God will save who he will. I mean, if he, can, if he can change the hearts of those Ninevites, obviously he can change the heart of whoever he will. So in conclusion, what can we learn from Jonah? I mean, you know, we could, as I was studying this, you know, there's, there's a wealth of sermons in there. As Gabe probably knows, and as you know, y'all probably meet to preach, you know, I don't know how many sermons on that. And, and this is just a feeble attempt at my part, but what can we learn from this? And I, I think there are about three or four things that I jotted down that we can learn. The first thing is that if God can use a reluctant missionary like Jonah, then he can use you and me. Amen? If God can use a, a, a reluctant missionary like Jonah, he can use you and me. And you might say, well, Brother Ed, I'm not called. Really? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, Ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, and to all Judea, and to Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And so we might not all be called to go to some foreign mission field, but we're all called to our Jerusalem, aren't we? You know, God will, will separate and send someone to the uttermost part of the world, and he'll call and, and separate and send someone to Samaria and to Judea, but we're all, we've all been called to reach our Jerusalem. We've all been called to reach our neighbors and our family and our co-workers and our friends and, and the people in our neighborhood and so forth and so on. Amen? The second thing we can learn from this is that God sent Jonah to the people that he wanted to reach. God sent Jonah to the people that he wanted to reach. You know, God knew that those Ninevites were evil, wicked, mean people. In verse... In, in chapter 1, he said, their evil has come up before me. So God knew. He, he, it wasn't like he said, well, you know, they're probably pretty good people. Why don't you go over there and check them out? He knew what they were like. But he still wanted to show them mercy. And so he sent Jonah to them. And, you know, the Bible tells us in, in 1 Peter 3, 9 that God is not willing that any should perish. And, you know, we can look at people and we say, man, you know, I don't want anything to do with that person. But that's someone that God created. And it's someone that Jesus died for. Amen? And they may be mean, they may cold, be cold, they may, may be hard-hearted, but God doesn't want that person to go to hell. And if you're watching this on YouTube and you think that you've done something beyond God's forgiveness, you haven't. Okay? God didn't create hell for man. He created it for Satan and his demons. Right? We know that. God doesn't want anyone to go to heaven. I mean, to go to hell. But you know what? As, as Tyler mentioned this morning, you know, in, in Romans chapter 10, verses 4, 13 through 15, it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how should they call upon him who they have not believed? And how should they believe on him who they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? You know, anybody that calls on the Lord can be saved. We know that. But how are they going to call on whom they have not believed? And how are they going to believe unless, somebody, unless they've heard? And how can they hear unless somebody goes and tells them? You know, we've all, and that's, you know, it says, how should they call, how should they call unless, they, I mean, how should they, well, anyway, how can they hear without a preacher? You know, that doesn't mean that, that just the preacher is supposed to go and win everybody to Christ. 
Anybody can proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Anybody can go out and tell people what, what the Bible says, you know, about, uh, about our sinfulness and about God sending his son and those types of things. Even if you've been saved for 10 minutes, you can say, I know this. I know that I was lost and on my way to hell, and I asked Jesus to forgive me, and he did. And now I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Even if that's all you know, you can tell people, right? And, you know, when we think that God was going to show mercy to those Ninevites, then we can't be picky and choose who we're going to witness to and who we aren't. If God prompts us to share with somebody, we need to share with them. Amen? We don't want to be reluctant missionaries. Then another thing, the third thing we can learn is that if God can save those cruel Ninevites, he can save anybody. And I kind of alluded to this earlier. You know, Cheryl and I, obviously we have, in prison, we have prison ministers, so we're more aware of this than, than probably many, many people are. You know, we see people, and they've just got the joy of the Lord in their heart, and then you get to talking to them, and they tell you, to, you know, what they're in prison for or something they've done, and you're looking at them like, wow, you know. God can change any heart, any heart. I had a couple examples, but I won't take the time to, to go into that. I mean, I've shared others before, and I will in the future. But God can save anyone. And the, third, the fourth thing is that when, Nona, when Jonah went into Nineveh, he preached repentance, okay? But he didn't save anyone. They repented, and God showed them mercy, okay? And, you know, when the preacher comes up here, he can't save anyone. Preacher comes up here and preaches, he can't save anyone. Gabe can't save anyone. Tyler can't save anyone. Only God can save. He's the one that does the saving. And you say, well, Brother Ed, why do you say that? Why do you mention that? Well, let me just, let me go back to my, you know, Paul Harvey used to say, now the rest of the story. I want to give you the rest of the story about my little incident over at Lowe's. So when I went back to those people and I handed them a tract, and I, that was a, it was a young man and a woman. And I asked the young man, I said, do you go to church anywhere? And he said, yes, sir, I go to such and such a church here. And it was another church here in Woodbridge. And I said, well, are, are you a Christian? Or have you asked Jesus in your heart? And he said, yes, sir, I have. And then I looked at the lady and I said, how about you, ma'am? Uh, are, are you saved? Have you asked Christ in your heart? And she said, no, not yet. And I said, well, I would love to take a few minutes and, and to show you how you can do that. And she said, no. Nah. And then she looked at me and she said, well, does this tell me how to do it? And I said, yes, it does. She said, I'll, I'll read this. And I said, okay. So I went there and I shared a, a track with them and I tried to share the gospel with them, but that lady didn't want any part of that. Did I fail? Did I fail? No, I can't save her. I can't change her heart. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The only reason I, way would I would have failed is if I'd have kept going instead of turning around and go back. You know, as long as we do what God tells us to do, as long as we give the track, as long as we share, as long as we make the offer, you know, the rest of it's up to God. You know, maybe I planted a seed. Or maybe I watered the seed. And I pray, I pray that one day I'll see her in heaven and see that God brought the increase. Amen? So, as we, as we talk about missions this week, this month, and as we listen to, look at the example of Jonah, I ask you, what is God calling you to do?
here in the auditorium, on YouTube, what is God calling you to do? Maybe somebody's listening and God is dealing with you about some type of full-time service. Maybe a, a pastor position or a church planner or a missionary. Or maybe, maybe just God just wants you to be more faithful in praying for and supporting our missionaries out here on our wall. You know, maybe God wants you to just spend more time praying for, for missionaries, you know. Or maybe God just wants you to be a little bit more faithful in reaching your Jerusalem. Amen. But whatever it is, I hope you, you get, take care of it tonight. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, uh, just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share your word tonight, Lord. And I pray, Father, that uh, if you're dealing with anyone about anything tonight, Lord, I pray, Father, that uh, they would just get that taken care of, Father, and settle it. And I just thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Brother Ryan. Let's all stand with our heads bowed, our eyes closed. We're going to sing a song of invitation. The altar is open if you'd like to come and uh, pray to the Lord and uh, rededicate your life or talk to him about something that's laying on your heart. Brother Ryan, what uh, an invitation song we're singing tonight? Number 157, Jesus paid it all. Number